Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas, Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. Good morning, everyone. We're going to be talking today, Becky and I are going to be talking today about what's going on energetically right now because we're noticing that it's kicking a lot of people's heinies, including ours. Also, later on, um, Melissa Lockwood, a good friend of ours, will be joining us. So I'm going to open the line now to co-host Becky, who's in Atlanta. Hey, Becky. Hey, good morning, Lois. How are you today? I'm I'm good. So far, so good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the energy that we've been talking about... Um, it's cosmic in origin, right? Is that your is that your take on it? I mean, it's like not yes. coming from the earth so much, but well, from... interestingly enough, we're kind of getting it from both ends. Um, the solar flares that are kicking up are changing the electromagnetics of not only the earth, but they're kind of scrambling our own force fields. That's my own words and interpretation. But we're getting these blasts of uh, higher frequency electromagnetic activity and it's really putting the whammy on us and at the same time the core of the earth is heating up and i was just reading an article a few days ago actually about how global warming is actually as much from the inside out as it is from the you know the outside and our pollution and our carbon footprint um, as much as it is the other way Mm -hmm. so as as it heats up within that heat rises, helps to melt the, you know, the Arctic caps and all that kind of stuff. So we're kind of getting it from all ways, and we are really in the midst of this big shift right now. Yeah, because we're, we're speeding up and heating up toward 2012. I mean, yeah, it's really uncomfortable, though. I mean, especially <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's yeah, really it's been uncomfortable for me, too, and I'm really surprised at, how many of uh, friends I haven't heard from for a while. I'm just getting these random emails like, what is going on? And um, I think the short answer is that we're just out of time. We can't sit on the fence and not look at our stuff anymore. We have to become an observer in our own life and quit operating from 3D because the noise will just swallow us whole. What do you mean by uh, the noise will swallow us whole? Oh, <clears throat> yes, I, my my references can be vague. The noise of the world, um, okay. you know, watching the talking heads on TV and the banking and the WikiLeaks and all of these different things, if we engage with every drama that comes across our path, not only the, you know, the global issues, not only the social issues, but our own family dramas and our own you know, engaging with people in the supermarket, you know, there, you know, something goes wrong and all of a sudden you just feel this bubble of anger like it shouldn't be this way and, you know, just engaging in these daily dramas, it will just 
destroy you. You will have no energy left to operate, none. Wow. So um, there are some things we can do about this, though, right? Yeah, of course. There always is. We're on the planet of free choice. And the biggest thing is, um, for me personally, when I feel myself engaging with this drama or getting angry, I have to take a breath and step back and just notice it. I usually say, well, isn't that interesting? And I try to detach emotionally from it as much as possible and just observe it. And I don't, anymore, I don't try to, I don't ask why this is happening or you know, why this is coming to me at this time, I just um, take it in, I notice it, and then I try to move on. And I said I try to move on. I get caught up in all of this stuff too. I may know what works, but in the moment it, it can be very challenging. So I use breath work, and I also use baths. And I actually use your um, apple cider vinegar bath quite a bit. I yeah. find that that really helps with emotions, at least in my biology. And throwing a few, a little, you know, handful or two of Epsom salts in there doesn't hurt either, as far as my aches and pains and and that type of thing. So, I thank you for that lovely recipe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's tell everybody about that. And the way that I tell people is, don't put anything but apple cider vinegar in there. But if you've tried it and that works for you, then you should by all means do it. But the way that I was taught and uh, the way that I always do it because of that. I don't know why I'm not a rebel about that. I'm just not. (laughs) I'm a rebel about a lot of other things. Uh, Two cups, two, maybe three, depending on how big you are, of apple cider vinegar in a warm bath, and you soak for a half an hour. And right about at the 20-minute point is when I start noticing that the emotions are, are calming down. Hmm. draining out into uh, the auric field. And so you're supposed to do it at least 30 minutes, and if you start to get cold, you can add hot water. But then when you're done at the 30-minute point, and if you think you might get bored, play music or something, you know, um, then um, you drain the tub and then you shower, making sure that you get the... uh, air above your head or the auric field above your head cleared. If you're not washing your hair, you just get your hands wet in the shower and and run them through the air above your head. Um, And what that does is uh, the emotions have been pulled out into the auric field by the apple cider vinegar. And then the shower rinses the auric field and sends the detritus or whatever you want to call it down the drain. And I've seen this work for about 25 years, so thanks for reminding and bringing that up. Yeah, and I I have found, I've done it both ways, with the Epsom salts and without, and I really haven't noticed a whole lot of difference, but I can see, especially with the the times the way they are, to um, separate the two, because the emotions right now are incredibly intense. Yeah. Um, People, and especially with the holidays here now, too, it's like people's emotions are like so on the surface, any little thing just sets them off. I've, I've noticed that in the stores, actually, even in the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm hearing it from people all over the place. Um, like, um, it, for me, it's been like a feeling of something internal mm-hmm. that uh, I'm, I'm getting anxious, I'm stressing over things I shouldn't be stressing over, things I know better than to stress over. Mm-hmm. Someone was working on me the other day and said, oh, well, this is uh, a muscle you've used before but not in a long time, so you're having to use it again. And it's it's the, you know, using the term muscle sort of um, uh, symbolically um, to remember how to stay calm in the middle of chaos, mm-hmm. and you know maybe we do need to have that muscle strengthened. It's really important if there's a lot of chaos around you that you maintain your sitter of peace. Yes, so and maybe why yeah. that's coming up. I think so, and and also we get to choose now. We're consciously choosing. We used to just run on these default programs where, you know, this happens, this is how you react. That happens, this is how you react. 
And now we get to consciously redefine who we are and our relationships. And so it calls for um, stretching those muscles and not engaging and decide. It's all about energy management to me now. That's what keeps coming up. Um, Once, I don't know, several years ago I read a book by Carolyn Mace, who um, is a medical intuitive energy healer, and she was talking about imagine that you get 100 units of energy to spend a day. And, you know, so you get up in the morning, maybe you stub your toe on the bed, you get all upset, maybe there goes five energy units. So, you know, she goes through like a typical day, but by the time you get to work, you're out of energy (laughs) because you're plugged into the past. You have things that you're worrying about that need to be done or things that you did that you wish you hadn't have done, childhood wounds, all of these things. Um, they, They can drain your energy. And so when you're running on empty, that starts showing up in your physical body, you know, as dis-ease. And so managing your energy and deciding where you want to invest it is just, it's crucial. And it probably will be through the next six months to a year. And we have even more um, this month with the, um, the solstice energies as well as a lunar eclipse on that day, that same day. So um, pretty intense stuff. It's a full moon lunar eclipse, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. But also, because <laughs> <laughs> it's in my house of the unconscious, which is, you know, it's a place oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, because if it's unconscious, it's, cause it's something I don't want to look at to begin yeah, with. well, that's the theme. <laughs> Tough, you know what, for the kitty. Um, but um, one of the ways that we can we can handle oh, what I was going to say is that when something like that happens, like a full moon lunar eclipse on a solstice, or even just a, an eclipse, you don't just feel it from the eclipse forward. It's like a pebble that's been tossed into a lake. You feel it in more than one direction, so you begin feeling it prior. Yes to the eclipse. So that could be a huge piece of what's going on right now. Mhm. Yes. And yeah, and it all depends on your energetic blueprint or imprint, um your personal chart. And I just noticed it's a it's a full moon in Pisces, which is a water sign and emotion <laughs> like we need any more emotional triggers. I thought it was in Capricorn. It's in Pisces? Well, the sun is in Capricorn, and the moon is in Pisces. They're opposite, yeah. It's a winter solstice, so the sun enters Capricorn on the 21st, but the moon is actually in Pisces. But are you positive? Because I thought the sun and the moon were in opposite signs during full moons, and the opposite of Capricorn is Cancer. Well, I'm looking at my ephemeris. Seriously? Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I can't see. I didn't put have my glasses on tight. You are exactly right. Because I was so. thinking something huge changed. Um, so yeah, that ought to be Cancer. And well, and that's still a, a water sign, isn't it? No kidding. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And where you've got Cancer in your chart? I mean, if you got a Moon in Cancer, hang on to your hat. Yeah. Oh. My apologies. I, I see it now. I'm looking at a little ephemeris. Glyphs are hard to read, even if you got your glasses on. So, <laughs> um, but cancer is, you know, like they're confusing. Glyphs are confusing. They're not English. Um, yeah. <laughs> it depends on where it is in your chart. Like for me, it's in the fourth house, and I've got Mars there. So I'm thinking, do you, you don't happen to know what degree that eclipse is, do you? Um, yeah, I might have to get out my magnifying glass and my glasses, <laughs> but... Um, Aging, just not for species. Yeah, well, I get these little pocket astrologers. I have a big ephemeris, but it's um, upstairs. Hey, Let you me want, see. Melissa's called in. You want me to open the oh, line? Oh, sure. Hey. Hey there. Hey, do you know what hey. degree that's on so she doesn't have to go find her glasses? Oh, sure. What are we looking for, though? Solstice? The moon. The degree the solstice is it's in cancer. Um, okay, yeah, I got it. I got my little... 
Yeah, this is my diary right here. Uh, 29, 22, 29 degrees. Yeah. 29 degrees. And actually, it's void of course that day. So it Uh, starts in, what, Gemini? Uh, right it up mid, well, let me say, that's specific. I always have to translate for us poor central people. Yeah, okay, that's so, um It looks like it's like 2.13 in the morning. It goes void. and But then it's, you know, it's uh, like 3.20. So it's just an hour. At, you know, we'll all be sleeping anyway. Uh, 2.13 and then 3.22. It's central. I'm speaking central time um, for everybody that might be listening from other time zones. Um, So it's not very long. Hmm. But But you know, I was, uh, excuse me. The degree of the eclipse is 29, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. In Gemini, yeah. And then I guess the lunar eclipse, let me just... Would be, let me see what time that occurs, if I can find that page. But, you know, since ancient times, as um, solstices, equinoxes, and then all those odd little holidays that, you know, actually are based or more ancient, you know, like um, Halloween and Easter and, you know, those kinds of things, uh, those what they call cross-quarter days. Those were actually moments of interdimensional gateways, at which time we have access to other, you know, that's why it's so sacred, is it allows us to um, really more fully correct connect with, you know, angelic forces or, you know, our spirit guides, whatever. And then you put an eclipse on top of that because, Eclipses are also, so it's almost like, wow, the gateway is going to be really open. I'm getting real confirmation from spirit as I say that. So um, anyway, uh, so it's like this time, and I think we're being provided with these opportunities. I love everything you all have been saying because I think there is, Everything matters right now. You know, all these things that our attention is being drawn to is just, you know, it's all there to really ramp up our teaching and our understanding of things so that we're really ready. Because I, you know, you you know, Lois, I think it's going to be remarkable transition that we're all uh, getting ready. Well, we're in the middle of. So um, anyway, oh, I was looking. So I'll let you talk. If we're on the 21st of December Uh and the moon is at 29 degrees Gemini, then it must be that we're already into Sagittarius. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're still in Sag, at the tip end of Sag. Yes. The The moon is. The sun. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the the sun is. And then the moon is the end of Gemini and then kicks in. Yeah, it's only void, of course. It changes, like she said, like Melissa said, in about an hour. So Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're not out of pocket that long, but it goes from Gemini. It goes from air to water. Right, which is also a very intuitive Mm -hmm. sign, you know, that makes it very um, intuitive. And um, I just think it's, Wonderful. <laughs> it's going to be a, a you know wonderful time, and uh, also just to let people know, you know, the, the times we're giving usually have a like few hours, you know. So if you can't like pull together a group meditation at two o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, which a lot of us can't, you know, you do have kind of a. Do you all agree with that? Maybe like an eight-hour gateway on either side of that for uh, working with that energy, or how do you feel about that? I, I'm hoping that the gateway is a little bigger than that because, I mean, you, can, you can't get a group together before 10 a.m., which is when that eight hours would be up. So, um, yeah. Because I know there I mean, are a lot it'd of... It would be wonderful if you got, you know, did something right at that exact moment, but still, you well, know, I, I do set, think... I may set my alarm clock. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what what would you do at that hour? Well, I think a meditation for sure, you know. Uh, and, and I think, like I said, I think it's a really good time to connect with, uh, really consciously connect with your, you know, your own, your own guides, your, uh, you know, angels, archangels, ascended masters. You know, it's a really good time for uh, easily, you know, they're always available to us. But, um, uh, you know, at that time, it's like really clear, you know, communication uh, back and forth with those um, beings or intellects, however you want to describe that. Um, and I think you have an opportunity to get really clear communication with them at that time. Yeah. That's a good plan, the meditation for that purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Becky? Yes. Um, what are some of the things that you're noticing that help with this? I mean, this eclipse that's coming is a piece of it, but there are a lot more cosmic energies that are coming in right now for our transformation as a species. And so what are some of the things that you're noticing that are helpful to um, take the edge off the intensity of emotion so you don't spend your coinage that you were talking about on, on the minutia of the day? Um, I think it, for me it's like a constant reminder that um, we're out of time. I don't have time to set issues aside anymore and think about them and process them. I need to decide on a dime to release them, to you know, recognize it, realize it's dissolving, realize it's, it's, just, it's just coming up again on its way out and not engage. But it, to me it's a constant reminder because our – we're so, I'm personally so, I'm programmed, and it's the old ways. It's the old energy. It's the way that I've always reacted to things. And so, um, believe it or not, I'm one of those that sticks little post-it notes on a mirror or a little reminder um, that reminds myself to breathe, breathe consciously, and, um, and set my intent. That helps me a lot, too. Um, so that it tells my subconscious that, you know, this old pattern has to go because it doesn't serve me anymore. And I need new patterning that just lets me be an observer because I can't get engaged um, in every drama that comes along my way. I mean, I would be, you know, flat on my back, sick in bed if I engaged in all that. It just takes too much energy, drains you, hurts your immune system, all of that kind of stuff. So... I re- I just remind myself all the time we're out of time. I don't have the time and the luxury of dealing with things the way I used to. So is it important or can I just let this one go on by? So removing that electrical charge. Thoughts are electric, emotions are magnetic. And so when you feel that charge and you feel the anger rise or the frustration or fear or despair, any of those negative things, um, realize that the emotion behind it is what's going to draw it to you. So if you can have the charge without the emotion, then you're disengaged and you're not wasting any of your energy. So that's something that I say a lot to myself. Thoughts are electric, emotions are magnetic. I had a very good teacher teach me that, and it was like, doing right between the eyes, like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So um, that's Let's one see. way I deal with it. We've got, uh, I'm going to open the line. Somebody's got a question. Let's see what this is about. Great. Here you go. 305, we're going to open the line and not working. Hang on. There we go. It's working. code 305, do you have a question? I was removing you off a loudspeaker, so it took a while. Hi, Lois. My name is Deanna. Hello. I, I really like the thoughts are electric and emotions are magnetic, and I really like your program and your guests. I just wish you went back to working later in the day so I could listen for longer since I'm not all connected to Internet. But my question is, I keep losing focus all the time. How do you deal with that? Okay. Let's who would like to take that question? How do you deal with losing focus? Becky, what do you do? I 
I, I breathe a lot um, when I realize that that's slipping away, or I just I, sometimes I just find myself staring at the computer screen or staring at the book, going, you know, how wh- why don't I know what's going on? So what I'll do is I will just stop and take a, a deep breath and say, what's important? So the thoughts that have been creeping in, because when that happens to me, I've got several little little chipmunk wheels going in my brain at once and all these different subjects and topics and it's like which ones can I set aside for now which ones are important to look at and how can I prioritize um, and also it's a grounding thing when you're when you're not focused you need to ground so breathing toning um, taking a walk just taking a break from whatever you're doing I know that that's difficult if you're sitting at your desk at work um, breath work you can easily do just close your eyes and take a couple deep breaths but usually it's because you're not grounded you're getting those electrical surges and then you're running with all the little thoughts that creep in yeah that's what so, i was going to say is grounding uh and mm-hmm. so when i talk about grounding what i'm talking about is sitting in a, a comfortable position and then visualizing an energy cord going down from the tailbone mm-hmm. uh, down into the core of the earth and gripping the earth and allowing the earth energy to come back up that cord into my body. Mm-hmm. So that's Perfect. The, when I'm losing focus, that's how I go about um, getting grounded. Because if you're if you're getting if your consciousness is flighty all over the place, that's um, that is um, because you're not grounded. So we mm-hmm. want to be connected to the earth. Melissa, you have thoughts on that? One? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think in the beginning, you know, a lot of us struggle in, in the beginning of spiritual practice. It doesn't say, like, I don't think this lady is at the beginning of a spiritual practice, but for those of you who might be listening who are, uh, a lot of us have trouble with this, you know, being focused, uh, having our minds drift. And I think a mantra really helps, you know, whether you choose a very traditional, you know, old money pod or something like that mantra, you know. And I think also because a lot of us, you know, we're all wired differently, you know, we're left brain, right brain, and you know, different things. So you find the thing that helps bring your attention back to uh, what it is you do want to stay focused on, and uh, I and I think that that's very helpful, and especially right now, you know, a lot of the things we've been talking about is that you know that external noise that's out there, you know, from the media. It's like you just—it's so hard to escape from it these days. Um, the you know just even the electricity you know in the air with all these cell towers and things you like so the good news is the more uh, refined and expanded our auric fields get the bad news is the more sensitive we are to that so we have to kind of find ways of you know sustaining that energy but I think you know like I said traditional mantra or even better, you know, your own personal mantra, you know, and these can change throughout the day. You know, I'm a serene, um, you know, being who, you know, attracts uh, only harmonic, harmonic, harmonic um, uh, kinds of experiences in my life or, you know, that sort of thing. So I think that can really be helpful too, you know, and even people, I'm sure we've all learned, you know, experiences because we've all been beginning meditators, you know, that's the hardest thing to do is not have your mind drift off to the, oh, you know, direct at the laundry in the dryer, you know, those little minutia things that interrupt where we really want our focus to be, you know. Yeah, a lot of it's just a discipline and um, exactly. re- recognizing when you're out of whack and then having a couple of tools that work for you. And mm-hmm. um, a very wise person once told me that um, the good news is that there are every day new energy modalities are coming to the planet. There's all types of things, and every single one of them works. But the bad news is you have to figure out which ones work for you. So you might have to trial on a lot of different things, and then you'll hit on a combination or something that really resonates with you, 
and you'll find that you can just pull your your focus right back in line. Yeah, um, prayer beads. I mean, that's why you know meditators carry prayer beads, you know, or or special mm-hmm. stones in their pockets, or you know, even you know, we wear symbolic jewelry. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, if you're a more tactile person, maybe that's all you need. Yeah, or I used that to carry in a like combination a, with you know some sort of mantra or something. Yeah. I used to carry like a worry stone in my pocket, a nice mm-hmm. little smooth stone. And whenever mm-hmm. I found myself, it was just a, it was just something I could physically touch. I'm very tactile and auditory. Those are my big learning modalities. But every time I would touch it, it would be like, okay, I'm fine. You know, the, the world may be going to hell in a handbasket out there, but I am fine right here, yeah. right now. And that's a good mantra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. So, you know, mantra is just a repre- repetitive phrase. It's all, you know, it's not a big secret, magical, abracadabra kind of word, you know. It's anything you know, that we want to reinforce. Some of the stones, we might want to go over now, some of the stones that can help you be grounded if you need to be. And one of them in particular is hematite, which um, you could have a, a stone in your pocket or your purse or your wherever, and um, or you can wear it as jewelry. Hematite's very good for grounding and removing anxiety, but any stone that's either black or red are really good for the root chakra, and that will help people to get grounded and stay grounded. And when you're using stones, you want to be sure to at least once a day like overnight, put them on a bowl of rock salt so that those energy energies can be cleared from the stone so that it doesn't get overwhelmed. Hmm. It it takes out the energies that the stone has absorbed. And some people put their jewelry on the rock salt overnight, and some people even put their glasses there. Yeah, but don't put silver on it. You know, just if your jewelry, if it's jewelry, silver jewelry, you know, well, I mean, I don't know if you agree or not, but sterling well, if you leave it there long enough, it will corrode it. But yeah. I think overnight it won't hurt it, as long as you don't let it get wet. I yeah. put mine in silver overnight. Mm-hmm. But if, I've noticed if I leave it long enough and it gets damp, it will start corroding, turning green, and all yeah. that ucky stuff. So, Melissa, yeah. what are you hearing in your practice? I mean, are, are people telling you they're just like stressed? To the max, or you hearing a lot of extra boohoo? My life's not working stuff, or what's well? You a lot of it has to do with relationships, you know. And we just had uh, Libra, you know, move out of uh, Virgo. I mean, not Libra, Saturn move out of uh, Virgo, where we, you know, had two years of just, you know, really getting, you know, really getting challenged to. Edit, and I, you know, that was definitely a process so many of us were going through, you know, editing not only relationships but stuff and focusing on getting more focused on what was really important. But now I love this. I just, I'm just just so excited about this because now with Saturn, which brings organization to things, you know, going into Libra, who's the great, you know, hey, let's all get together. Uh, I, I, I see it's like really challenging us, you know, right off, almost the instant, you know, it started to bring attention to relationships, both old and new. You know, and I think you and I, Lois, both have experiences of people from the way, way back past, you know, reappearing in their lives for us to kind of, you know, do we want to take the time to heal that or just say, you know, really, I got it. We can go away now. Um, but, uh, but, you know, really, it's about, but I do think we're coming uh, into a time. So I think we're going to see this at all levels, you know, from our most intimate relationships, you know, our, our family, our friends, our sweethearts, and then, you know, and then uh, globally. You know, I think we're going to see more and more. Right now what we're witnessing is this, you know, real media onslaught about, oh, you're all different, we'll never get along, we'll never, it'll never, it'll never, you know. 
And, uh, you know, no, uh-uh. I, I, you know, I think that's the, you know, last gasp of the beast, you know, that's been trying to separate us for so long. And, you know, I think we're going to start seeing more. Look, I know you and I are really different, you know, religion, color, whatever it is that, you know, uh, differentiates us. But, you know, there's got to be some way. You know, I can help you get what you want, and, you know, we cooperate. So I'm I'm seeing a lot of people being really challenged in those areas, but it's like really coming up for resolution and attention. And I think that's the last thing. And I think it's really spirit showing us, you know, that you know when you go to the core of any religion, it's all about that we are all emanations from the divine source, however you want to describe that. And that we're all the same, you know, and that, yeah, I can be as peaceful and, um, you know, enlightened and aware as I want to be, but until you and everybody else is also at peace, free from fear and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I can't really all the way, you know, completely experience the ascension, you know, so um, I, I... I, I, that's a big issue that I think is sort of starting to come up more and more now with people I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. You know, well, one of the things I've noticed is not only have people resurfaced from th- that I knew in high school yeah. uh, who had been, um, shall we say, uh, not nice then and not nice later when they'd resurfaced and uh, they show up again and I get to say, uh-uh, no, no. And then um, another thing that I saw happen to a really good friend is that someone she almost married resurfaced after 40 years and um, told her how he had felt and um, that he still felt that way and they were both happily married and they both walked away from it after saying some very lovely things to each other and getting closure for the first time. So I think part of that was the Venus retrograde we just experienced. But mm-hmm. So there are a whole lot of things going on that have to do with really letting go, whether it's letting go of people who abuse us or saying goodbye to people who we loved, but it's not going to happen in this lifetime. And um, some of it's about reconnecting in a new, more grown-up way with people we've known in the past and having a relationship that works. So I think it depends on who it is and, you know, what they're capable of, how they're capable of relating now. And a lot of those what we, you know, quote-unquote negative experiences are also to teach us about our own boundaries, you know, because I think, you know, when we're younger and we have these sort of awkward or negative social experiences, we tend to go to the, what did I do wrong? What did I, you know, and I think as we mature and we understand, you know, we understand maybe it's about setting boundaries boundaries and honoring ourselves more. You know, I don't tolerate that kind of treatment anymore. Or it's about really understanding, you know, you know, it's really not about me. It's about that person, you know, and so I'm not really responsible for, um, you know, all of that. And, uh, and, and I think the greater lesson in that is, because what you all were saying earlier about trying to sustain your arc fields is about that's what I see as our most important if, if I had to say the number one thing we, you, everyone needs to take care of right now is their own auric field, you know, because you do that and then everything else works out, you know. Is that in Yeah, and you know, one way to do that, to take care of your auric field, and I was playing around with the angel oracle cards yesterday while I was talking to Becky, and I didn't tell you this, Becky, but one of the ones I, I pulled reminded me of something is uh, ask Archangel Metatron to clear your chakras. So that's another thing you can do in meditation right now is um, connect at the level of the third eye 
send a beam out to the Archangel Metatron and ask him to clean your, your chakras. And that could be a really helpful daily practice. Just mm-hmm. notice what mm-hmm. happens at each of the different levels of the chakra, starting with the root chakra and then moving all the way up to the crown chakra. And that's something Archangel Metatron will do if you simply ask. And so uh, I've been doing that since I pulled that card, and it helps. It it, it feels a lot better. So, Becky, Thanks. what are you seeing? Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so what are you seeing happening with the people that you're uh, interacting with? Um, I see a lot of worry um, about the future because it's such uncharted territory. And I had a real flash yesterday about um, people asking others um, for answers because you know as well as I do we're the only one that has the answers to our own questions, although I can help you find your answers, but I can't answer it for you. Um, So I've a lot of people are just saying, you know, what do I do here and what do I do there? It's like, well, you need to take responsibility and let's figure it out together rather than me just telling you what to do and you do it because then you're sa- then you're giving your power to me saying that I know better than you when you know better than you. You know, nobody knows better than you do. So um, I think I'm getting a little off topic here as usual. But I'm seeing a lot of um, worry about the future For some reason, there's a whole new wave of people that are facing foreclosure, um, banking issues, credit cards, you know, just the economy. And so they're getting sucked into that bigger economic fear. Um, I think there was a wave a couple years ago when the housing market fell through, and you you know how all that went and cycled. So it's like it's in waves. And so the wave of I'm seeing is a lot of insecurity about the future. And the cool part is is that we get to decide what the future is. So no matter what's going on in the world or how crappy the economic system is or what the talking heads tell us is going on, we can move right on through it and not, not even be bothered by it because we can create our own right reality around it and attract what we need. And that's... Um, Another thing I'm finding is that let's say you need a new car. Well, it doesn't mean that you have to have the money to pay for it. It means that a car, which is new to you, could come to you in any one of many ways, but we're so attached to how it shows up that we're limiting our own creation. Mm -hmm. So we can manifest whatever we need, whether it's a place to live, just like these people who are losing their homes and they don't know where they're going to go, well, if they just get quiet and think about it and ask, a, a place will open up that will be perfect for them at the time. It won't, it won't be a forever place. It's, you know, all of this stuff will pass. And so it's not going into that fear mode when you're faced. Well, it's kind of hard when the sheriff shows up, knocks on the door, and hands you your paperwork and says, you know, you've got to be out in a month's time. We're going to auction your house off. I mean, that will send ripples of fear. That's a big reality check. So I'm not trying to minimize what people are going through, but it's never really the event. It's how they react to it. And since we're all creators, create a way, mm-hmm. you know, choose, choose differently. Create a way out of it. You know, find your own solutions, what's going to work for you, and focus on what you want rather than giving energy to what you don't want. And, boy, I needed to hear that for me today. <laughs> well, oh, boy. I did. Yeah, responsibility, too, because I think the more you are aware, that's the other side of the the gift of uh, that divine, sacred awareness that we're all sacred. And like you say, you know, we're all co-creators of our realities, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is, yeah, we're all co-creators of our realities. So it does, you know, we... we are, you know, required to be more, we're, we're more accountable for mm-hmm. what is uh, manifesting in our lives. You know, it's like you can't pretend you don't know anymore, that somehow you attracted that or right. created and, that and, in some way. And, and there's a gift in it. I mean, none of this, this is mm-hmm. stuff that we've pulled to us, so... By acknowledging, it's like, okay, well, this really stinks. I really got myself in a jam. 
And rather than blaming it on everybody else, it's like, okay, I had a role in this because I obviously brought it into my life, so I attracted this. So if you can find the gift, then you can say, okay, well, I needed, I needed to learn this or I needed to meet this person, but mm-hmm. I don't like sitting here anymore, so how am I going to get out of this? What, you know, what resources do I have at hand that I can put to work? on, you know, making this a different situation, on creating something better, because I'm not going to sit in all of this junk if I'm capable of creating my way out of it. Yeah, so, and that's, and that's so my what, point. If you created that in the first place, then you've got the, then obviously spirit showing you, look how powerful you are. You mm-hmm. created that. So you want to create something different? Let's do something different, you know. And And I think what you were saying earlier is that, you know, remember, you've got the power to do both. And sometimes that spirit showing that when we get those bad things, it's like that spirit showing, see how powerful you are, see what you can do. All right, you want something different, then let's talk about that. Yeah. What I would like to say at this point is that people listening might think, well, you know, I, I've, I manifested that illness. I manifested have being kicked out of my house. I didn't do that on purpose, and they may they may need to understand that um, a couple of things. One is that we have to focus on what we want, not on what we don't want, because mm-hmm. thoughts send out waves into the universe and create things to happen. And so if you are worrying, it's important to find ways to stop worrying because you are focusing what you, on what you don't want, when you worry, mm-hmm. so that's that's a, a very important um, skill set to develop, and that is to stop worrying and start focusing on what you want instead of chewing your nails and looking at your uh, checkbook and trying to figure out how you're going to make this payment or how you're going to make that payment. It's really important to um, do the kinds of things that help you relax, whether it's meditate mm-hmm. or go get a massage, even if you can't afford it, or buy those fresh flowers for uh, your living room table so that you feel flush, even though you only spent five bucks for the flowers. Absolutely. It's really important to get your um, act together in terms of not sitting around and, you know, uh, rolling around in your own... Um, uh, thought excrement. In other words, the worry. <laughs> Seriously, you are pooping into your environment when you're worrying yeah. and, and giving all that energy and thought to things you don't want. So it's really important to focus on what you do want. And what I, one of the things I've been doing the last few days is I bought a $4 bouquet of flowers for my living room, and every time I start you know, worrying about something, I sit in my favorite chair and I look at those flowers and feel the joy that fresh flowers bring me. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways I get out of the gnawing fear and worry and all that stuff that's coming up because, um, you know, and a, a very interesting thing happened that Becky and I both discovered that even though we one of the things we're gnawing about is money is that we went and got massages I think on the same day and we also went out and uh, what was the other thing oh bought some green stuff Becky can you talk about that some more the the green powder and and where you got the oh yeah um well I had had some I go through cycles with supplements to where it feels right and I'll take a certain supplement for a few weeks or a month or maybe just through the end of the bottle, and then it just, you know, it doesn't resonate anymore. I don't feel like I needed to replace it. And what struck me the other day is that with all the rewiring and the energetic shifts that are coming in, it really has an effect on our biology. And so this kind of goes back to the lady's question who was asking about um, being unfocused. Well, our brain, our synapses, our neuropathways, all of these are being rewired differently for the in its frequency it has nothing it's 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 science it's biology but the um electromagnetics it's forcing us into a different frequency and so our brains need to rewire and create different pathways and we have to have different patterns and all of that one supplement that really helps that is spirulina it's a brain food any type of brain food i know it's not the only one i think um there was another one just kind of flitted past my radar. I missed it. But um, 
anyway, see what feels right for you. But I dug out some green powder to take in shakes and to supplement with because it just felt that it would help my brain in this rewiring. It would give it the enzymes, the you know, all the nutrients that it needed to do a better job um, rather than my diet, which isn't all that rich in green organic stuff other than salads and that. But anyway, yeah, the green powder, I've felt better since I've taken it. I don't know how long this will last, but um, it just felt right. And then I remembered how that it helps your brain. It gives it all those nutrients, and I'm thinking, well, we're going through, you know, the solar flare. It's it's like co- the cosmic uh, crack the whip out there in the cosmos. At least that's how it seems. This planet slings into that one. There was a huge filament that was just released. That releases huge magnetic impulses to the Earth. It's pulled in through the tectonic plates. It comes up through your feet. Um, it also affects all of our, you know, our cell phones. All these things we're being bombarded with. I think Melissa alluded to that earlier. We're just being bombarded by all of these frequencies, whether they're man-made or cosmic. And so taking care of your body, taking, taking a nap if you can and you feel tired, don't feel that you have to be doing because that's when your body is down, that's when, you know, the cosmic forces can do all of their good work, you know, and get you, get you tuned up and ready for the next day. And that's when your guidance can talk to you. Because um, you would said earlier, I'm changing the subject a little bit, you were talking about what you were going to do on the solstice because it happened at like 2 or 3 in the morning. I'm thinking, well, what would a lazy light worker do? <laughs> so I decided I'm just going to set my intent that at that time in the morning I either wake up to meditate or that I just be, I'll just be speaking with the angels in my sleep and I'll remember my dream. So I'm going to take the lazy light worker's way out and just set my intent before I go to bed on the solstice to get that good juju. I want to say one other thing about the green powder, and that is this popped into my head so I know I'm supposed to share it, and that is that the um, the part of the each cell in our bodies that, creates energy um, is was borrowed from plants back when we were um, single-celled organisms in the sea. It's the mitochondria, and they are the energy-producing organelles inside each cell, and uh, they have to do with photosynthesis. So the light that is in these green powders, like what I'm taking is Kamut, which is a wheatgrass um, powder in you know in water, and that that has to do with um, the photosynthesis on some level, and um, that I'm pretty sure that what's stored in these green powders is a form of light that can be used by our 3D bodies to nourish us as we're moving into these other dimensions. What do you think about that theory? I. Um Oh, well, I really wanted to comment. I'm gonna, but I'll, but I'll, I'll wait to answer that. But I really do want to comment about the solar flare thing. So, okay. Um, but uh, anyway, I'll you want me to go ahead with that because I'm kind of changing the well, subject. Well, uh, Becky, do you, what have you a, asked, so. do you have an answer to what I just asked, or or not? No. <laughs> Do you have a, a comment about what I said about the green powders bringing light into the body? Do you think that, what, how do you feel about that? I think it's, um, yes, because, um, I mean, it's, it sounds perfectly reasonable and plausible to me. I mean, it resonates. Um, okay. You know, because a lot of those green powders, they sit in the shallow areas of the water where the sunlight sparkles. They have that light. They gather light, and um, and it makes sense. I mean, that, I, that's the first thing that came to me is, you know, they um, grow and sprout and just like anything else in the sunshine. But, um, yeah, I think it's a higher frequency type of food. Yeah. And, and- uh, um yeah. One of one of the things that has recently been discovered and I'm thinking it was Thornton Streeter who mentioned this that you uh that DNA responds to light. If you take a single-celled of 
fertilized egg of a, of a salamander, and they've done this in the lab, and you overlay it with a single-cell fertilized egg of a frog, and you put laser light through the frog DNA into the cell of the salamander, it will differentiate into a frog. It won't become a salamander. So DNA responds to light. So that's that feeds into my theory. But Very Melissa, cool. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if there's more to it than that, but that's just the rudimentary stuff I'm getting. So Melissa wanted to say something about solar flares before I went on. Well, you know, actually, you did give me a nice little segue there because it's, uh, you know, Becky was the solar activity. And uh, the other thing that's happening is because of the collapse of the ozone, it's like it's all this blue light. So we're getting this intensified, uh, you know, light flares and light impulses from the sun, and then it's more blue. In other words, you know, the prismatically, instead of this nice little, you know, rainbow thing that we used to get, we're getting a lot more blue uh, vibration of light. So, uh, you know, all these things we've been talking about, you know, mood and, uh, you know, intuitiveness, and that's all. If we can every day... You know, if the sun is shining, go out and get a little bit of sunshine in our, you know, through our pineal gland or third eye, that little place between your eyebrows, um, you know, and just, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day. Uh, it First of all, it's, it's definitely a mood elevator. It's the best way in the world to absorb vitamin D, which just brings, uh, you know, it, it has a lot of health benefits for that, but then it also activates that third eye, that intuitive um, ability, you know, and so I think it also allows us, you know, know, if you're feeling like a little, uh, I'm not quite getting it, you know, because a lot of that, you know, like Becky's been saying, it's like our DNA, you know, everything's getting changed at a cellular level, really, mm-hmm. and it's all to make us, you know, shift from these dense physical beings that we've been most of our lives into a more, you know, softer, more receptive kind of light beings, which is, I think, what that process is all about, and I think that will help as well, but, um, you know, I think that's like I said, get a little sunlight on your third eye every day if you can, and uh, I think you, you, it'll improve your mood, your physical well-being, your psychic ability, all of those things. Yeah, and besides there's constantly energy and information coming from the sun, uh, and the thing is that the, where that's coming from is, uh, and I've been reading a book about this recently, uh, the sun is actually a plasma vortex that's pulling in energy from deeper in space from the central sun, which is uh, the core of our universe. And um, if we want to be informed, we need to get the, uh, the new energies and the new information that's coming in. We need to get sunlight on us, which is not always that easy to do. And uh, the morning sunlight... Well, is better noon because that's noon is when the more damaging rays are coming in um, energetically and spiritually. We've got about 60 seconds left. I want to be sure and tell everybody that Melissa does tarot readings. And Melissa, do you want to give out your phone number? Oh, yes, thank you. 832-640-8666. Okay, and Becky does EMF balancing. And what else would you like people to know that you do? Um, boy, well, that's, that'll do it. <laughs> okay. Do you want to give your phone number out or not, um, or your website? They can find me at www.masterinpractice.com. Right. And I have all my contact information there. Excellent. So thank you both for talking with me today. Oh, and uh, we've got about 35 seconds left. I'm going to play some music. Thanks, bunches, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Okie doke.